Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Amen. First Kings chapter 21, if you would uh, turn there. First Kings 21. So I'm going to... Uh, uh, start the sermon a little bit differently uh, this evening. Uh, how many have ever, you ever wondered if you're even accomplishing anything in the kingdom? In other words, have you ever been on an outreach and, and you're walking along and you ask yourself, why am I doing this? Or a prayer meeting? Uh, you, you have those prayer meetings where you feel like, like I preached the other night that why am I even praying? God's a thousand miles away. Am I really even accomplishing anything? I want to give you a word of encouragement tonight. You would be amazed how much of the kingdom purpose you're accomplishing, even when it doesn't feel, especially when it doesn't feel like you're accomplishing anything. So the story we're about to read, for the sake of time, because I'm, <clears throat> I'm a slow reader, I'm not going to read this whole chapter. There is a wicked king by the name of Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Jezebel introduced Baal worship to Israel. She brought it with her from Jezreel, and she used her husband, the king, to cause it to spread throughout Israel. Israel is, is uh, 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 sinning, this, this false demonic worship. So what has happened now, this woman Jezebel, she's a manipulator. King Ahab wants the vineyard of a man named Naboth. He had a vineyard that happened to be next to the palace uh, of the king. The king saw it. It's a very nice uh, a vineyard, and he wants it for the convenience sake. He has a vineyard, probably many, but this one happens to be right next door to the house. He offers to buy it from Naboth. Naboth says, no, I, I can't sell this. This is my inheritance. My, my forefathers cultivated this vineyard. This is, this is part of the family. I can't sell that. Thank you. So Ahab has a pity party. And then what ends up happening, his wife Jezebel says, why are you crying? Okay, And uh, he goes, well, Naboth won't give me the vineyard. So she comes up with a plot to have Naboth framed for blasphemy. And she has false witnesses come out, point the finger at Naboth. He's a blasphemer. blasphemer. And so what happens is he ends up killed. They, he's judged. He's wrongfully killed. So now they think they've escaped. Everything is honky-dory. He's got the, the vineyard. Ahab's walking down to inspect this brand-new vineyard that he's just gotten, and along comes the prophet Elijah. 
And Elijah goes, you think you've escaped. God saw what you did. I'm paraphrasing. And he says, God is going to judge all the males in, in your family. And as for Jezebel, the dogs are going to eat her. And, uh, and so, of course, now Ahab realized, oh, man, I've messed up. So, so uh, he puts on sackcloth and ashes and everything. And so God's hammer doesn't fall, okay? Three years of peace follow. He thinks he's escaped. He thinks that he got away with murder and God's forgotten and all these things. So now they're going into battle. Jehoshaphat and the army of Judah are there. They're joined with Israel. They're going to war against Ramoth Gilead. And in the course of this battle and this confusion now, and remember, this is three years down the road from God when God goes, you're a dead man. And so here's where we pick up the story. Verse 34, 2 Kings 22. Did I give you the text? No? 1 Kings 22. Turn there in your phones. And verse 34. And a certain archer drew his bow at a venture. Another translation, at a gamble. And he hit the king of Israel between the joints of the armor. Wherefore he said to his driver of his chariot, Turn thy hand and carry me out of this place, for I am sorely wounded. The battle increased that day. The king was propped up in his chariot against the Syrians, and he died in the evening. And the blood ran out of the wound and into the bottom of the chariot. Uh, and let's, let's stop right there. So let's talk about the seemingly insignificant, okay? Now, to lay a groundwork of this sermon, you have to understand something. All of life is a routine, okay? I know that that's not what you want to hear, but all of life is really the daily grind. We have a daily routine. In fact, uh, we have a, a, a weekday routine. We have a weekend routine. We have specifically a Sunday routine, right? Because you might say, well, we have a weekend. Our weekend routine is different from the weekdays, but Sunday's routine is different from Saturday's. We get up in the morning. We get dressed, put a suit on Go to church, prayer meetings, Sunday school, uh, uh, the service, on and on and on. You go to work. You have a routine. You come home from work. By and large, we have a routine. There's the kids. They sit. They sit at their seats. You have your seat, you know. And, and so much of life is the daily grind. This archer is doing what he's done a thousand times this is what he does for a living he's an archer it's like the medieval times what do you do for a living oh i'm the guy that throws the rocks down the castle wall that's what i do you know i'm i'm in fact i'm i'm apprenticing my son you know he's learning you know how to throw a rock down the side of the wall <laughs> wow rough crowd tonight <laughs> holy cow 
I've received warmer welcomes at Border Patrol rallies. <laughs> Man. Okay, so this is what he's done. When, when you launch somebody, you, a conference, you go to Chandler Conference, and, and, and here they, 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 you know, the couples, I always get a big kick of Friday when they announce, you know, and going into, you know, going into, uh, you know, Shlobotnik, we have Myron Crumbie and his wife Agatha, you know, and here they come walking, you know. You know, and the guy always goes faster. He's so excited. He's walking, and the wife's going. And they go up there, and they get, and they stand there in the front, you know, and they're they're all excited. And anybody who's been out in the field any of the time goes, "Oh yeah, baby, suck up this moment, milk this cow for all it's worth, because reality's coming." You know, and 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 so they're up there, and never they're all full of you know faith, and people go, "Oh." I bet you're so excited. Oh, in the end, they're all people crying. Oh, I'm going to miss you. Oh, the babies. Oh, it's going to be great. And he goes, well, I, I, well, you know, God's going to help us. We're going to go there, and God's going to help us. It's going to be a wonderful time. I really felt the presence of God. God's going to help us. And they give it a couple of days. They're going to come up to you and go, what do I do? What do I do? Pastor Campbell actually believed me. What do I do? And what you tell him is, do what you've done a thousand times before. You're going to get up in the morning, start your day in prayer. You're going to go to your job, witness to your co-workers. Saturday, you're going to go on outreach. Sunday, get up there, preach the sermon that God gives you. You're going to do the same thing you've been doing for years. There is a term, the straw that broke the camel's back. And if you know, this is one of Aesop's fables and, and goes back thousands of years and, and that the whole idea that, that here is this, this caravan, this camel, and the owner keeps putting load after load after load on this camel and his knees are buckling and the camel's breathing hard until there comes that moment that the owner puts a piece of straw on the back of the camel and that's all the camel needed, he totally collapses. There are straws in the kingdom. What am I talking about? Your next prayer can be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Your next prayer meeting can be the one that finally causes that you pass that tipping point and revival begins to break out. That next offering that you drop, it might have even been tonight. That yeah, Times are tough. Economics are a little bit difficult for you. Yet you came to church tonight and said, you know what? I'm going to give. My wife and I, for years and years and years, We've lived by the credo, we will never let an offering plate pass us without dropping some. If it is only change, I'm broke, I'm flat busted, I got nothing, I, I mean, I'll reach in, I got change, it's something. There is the possibility your next offering can be the one that God goes, that's the one, right there. That's the one. I mean, he's looking at the angels. 
That's the one I've been looking for. Right there. It's not the offering in the good times. It's the offering during the difficult times. I've told pastors, your next sermon can be the one that breaks things loose. That your next sermon could be the one that sets that person free. Let me give you an example. You know what stirred this sermon? is that a number of years ago, I was not in the ministry. I wasn't out sinning. I was back for redirection for, you know, the second time. I'm there. I'm working a job. I'm good at my job. Was getting paid very well and, and, and had favor with, with my boss and, 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 and everything's going well. But, but, I'm, I'm not in the ministry. It's one of those things. I'm not out sinning. I'm not backslidden. Still prayed, still outreached, still gave, still was faithful to the things of God. But I was going through something. To this day, I still refer to it as the black hole. I'm in church, and, and if somebody said, hey, when are you getting back in the ministry? When are you going back out? When are you going to get back? I, you know, with a smile and grace, I'd say, well, you know, you know who knows, who knows? But in reality, in my heart, it, it was, don't, don't talk to me about ministry. Don't talk to me about it's, 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 it's too painful. I've been through too many uh, blows. And, and, and uh, you know, just, just let me live my life and work a job and, and, and go on vacations and all that stuff. And, and, you know, and I'd even told Pastor Campbell, you know, just, you know, listen, thank you. But, but no, I'm going to pass and. Just, 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 you know. So it's a Wednesday night, like any other Wednesday night, okay? I'm working my job, and somehow, for some reason to this day, I don't remember why, I ended up late to church. My family went on without me, and, and, and I said, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll catch up. And so, you know, I'm behind everybody. They're gone. I'm at the house. I'm getting drained. And, and, Come to church, and so service has already started. Song service over, offering, everything. Pastor Campbell is already starting the sermon. I didn't want to walk, if you know the Chandler Church, I didn't want to walk all the way down, you know what I mean, and people are looking at you, and you know. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to sit in the back. I'm just going to sit in the back row, just sit back there, and, uh, uh, and, and just enjoy the sermon, you know. And so I'm sitting back there, Pastor Campbell begins to preach, and it was like as if everybody disappeared in the room. It was as if the Holy Spirit went to the last row, grabs my seat, and pulls it all the way down to the front. It was as if Pastor Campbell is sitting there preaching and pointing to me. And I'm sitting there, and oblivious to anyone. And the whole time I'm like, amen, amen. Praise God, amen. And when the service was over, he pulls the altar call, and, and he called for like recommitment or something like that. I don't even remember the, the altar call. But I just remember I came down, I make my way down to the altar, and knelt, knelt down and said, God, I'm back in. I'm back in. This incredible, I have never had an experience like that. After that service, the next morning, I go to Pastor Campbell and I go, I'm, I'm in. 
I'm in. I, I, if there's any way I can be a help, if there's any way I can be a blessing. I began a comedy group for the Saturday nights called Mixed Nuts. You know, and, 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 and by the way, we're the only comedy group ever to go to Prescott. <laughs> Invited like a band on a Saturday night. We spent the whole night doing comedy. And, uh, and uh, uh, you know, and, and I'm like, and, and I'm putting the word out. If, if pastors, if you need somebody to cover for you on a, on a Sunday or a Wednesday, I, I'm available. And God suddenly broke loose. But think about this for a minute. What if I had missed church? What if I had just blown Wednesday? Because, I mean, let's be honest, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's not even Sunday. It's Wednesday, middle of the week. I'm wondering if there's people here that you've thought to yourself, they're not going to miss me. Service is going to go on. It doesn't matter whether I'm there or not. What if I had taken on that attitude and said, I don't need to be in church tonight. I would have missed the very word from God that he had for me that night. I on many occasions, Pastor Dragoon no doubt would be able to testify as well, that there are times that a sermon comes to me and, and I begin to start writing and researching and putting the sermon down and in the course of working on that sermon, God speaks to me and says, this sermon is for John and this is going to help him or this sermon is for that couple I'm going to give you a word from heaven for them to help them in their dilemma. And how many times have I worked on a sermon, put it together, put my heart into it, stand up at the pulpit, and John ain't in church. And I'm sitting there going, what the what? 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 Are you kidding me? Or the couple decides, ah, you know what, we're, we're, we're just going to stay home. And, and you're saying, Pastor, do you work on sermons for specific people? Yes! Isn't that the idea of a shepherd? Isn't that the idea that, 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 that the shepherd not only deals with the flock as a whole, that the shepherd does periodically come over with his shepherd stuff, and he helps. A sheep is sick. A sheep is injured. Yes, he's going to minister to the sheep individually. Think of how many times in the Bible God uses something that we call routine. Jesus, as was his habit, is in prayer. Peter, book of Acts, it says, as was his custom. Another translation, as was his habit. He's in prayer meeting like any other prayer meeting, and he has no idea. Oh, no, 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 Pete. I got a vision for you. I'm going to drop something into your spirit today in this prayer meeting because the phone is about to ring with a Macedonian man on the other end. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing. They didn't have phones back then. So not only does God use routine, God also uses the seemingly insignificant. Think about how many times in the Bible somebody uses something 
that you wouldn't really pay much attention to. And God goes, I'm going to work a miracle with that. Samson picked up a donkey's jawbone. When you think of deadly weapons, when you think of killing 1,000 Philistine soldiers, you know, a jawbone really isn't what comes up to mind, right? If somebody told me you're going to go to battle and you're going to kill 1,000, I'd say, okay, does my AR have fully automatic capabilities? Do I get to have a 203 40-millimeter grenade launcher attached to it? You know, things of this nature. I wouldn't exactly go, oh, give me a jawbone of a donkey. Moses picks up his shepherd's staff. David picks up a rock. J.L. picked up a tent peg. This man uses an arrow, and he's about to change the course of an entire nation with one arrow. Another truth that we see is that with God, it doesn't take much. He purposely widows down Gideon's army from 32,000 to 300. Purposely. If anybody's, you know, if every, anybody's afraid, let them go home. To their, 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 we can't use them if they're afraid. And so, you know, tens of thousands leave. And so here he is now, uh, you know, uh, 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 a fraction of the army that he had. And God goes, yeah, I'm not done yet. Take him down to the brook. And I want you to observe how they drink water. And this is another example. I'm working on a sermon right now called the recreation time. That here, uh, how many places in the Bible the devil made a move on someone, not in church, but during recreation. And so I don't want to give it away. But anyway, so what does he do? Take them down to the brook and watch how they drink. And if they are stupid enough to throw their weapon down and shove their face into the water, uh, send them home. And, and, but those that go down on one knee and bring the water up, he says, those are the ones. And if you've ever been to Israel, I've been there three times. I have visited that brook. It is an ambush waiting to happen. It is at the foot of Mount Gilboa. And I mean the tree lines, the hills come down right there, drastically drop down. And you're sitting there. If you are that careless to put your weapon down and submerge your face in the brook, God goes, I can't use you. So in the end, Lo and behold, he's got 300. From 32,000 to 300 men, and God goes, good, nice round number, good. That's, that's the magic number. Because with God, it doesn't take much. The prophet said, what do you see? I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. The prophet looks to the king and says, you better get home because it's about to flood. Story I've always loved is, Lord, we've all we've found is this boy's lunch. But what is this amongst so many people? I, I want to see the video. One day when we get to heaven, I hope there's like a video where we get to sit and just watch. You know, it's like, let's watch history. You know, 
And uh, uh, I, I can't help but wonder, because, you know, he says, well, all we have found is this boy's lunch. And I'm wondering while he's doing the presentation, back behind them is this little kid going, <laughs> you know, and Andrew's back there. Well, Shut up. You know, and, and Jesus goes, put it in my hands, and he works a miracle. Bible says, despise not the day of small things. Small things. God goes, I always start small. Another element is that the man was in his place. It was his arrow that killed the king. It was his arrow that, that brought forth the change in the nation, that turned it back to God. But what if he hadn't been there? What if he decided, I'm sitting this one out? Proverbs says, as a bird wanders from the nest, so is the man that wanders from his place. When it's time for church, I'm in my place. When it's time for prayer, I'm in my place. Let me, let me just throw this out too. Dangerous things can happen when you're not in your place. First Chronicles 12, verse 33. And of Zebulon, there were 50,000 men who went out to battle, expert in war with all weapons of war, stout-hearted men. I've always liked that scripture. Stout-hearted men. Who could keep rank? Now, think about that statement for a minute, okay? They could keep rank. It's not talking about the, when we think of rank, we're thinking of military. Uh, you know, if you're here and you've ever been in the military, I mean, the first day of boot camp, man, they're shaving your head, and you're like, that's humiliating, you know? And they're shaving your head, and these men are screaming at you, and they're you know, you're putting clothes on you and you know, you're, you're holding these. And how many remember that? Hold up three pairs of black socks. You, you know, you're, and, you know, and hats and everything. And you learn how to march and you learn, you know, a regulation 36 inch step. Your hands will swing to the front eight inches and to the rear six inches. How many remember that? That's not what that's talking about. That term literally means. They knew how to stay in their place. It's one thing to know how to fight. It's another thing to stay. In other words, when it's time for battle, they know this is my place. When it's time, when the conflict is coming, this is my place. I'm right here. I'm next to my brothers, and, and, and let's do this. So let's go back to the thought earlier. When it's time for outreach... Are you in your place? When it's time for prayer meeting, are you in your place? And let me throw this out too, privately. Privately, are you in your place? I was in California for two years. And uh, 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 there was weekday weekday prayer, Saturday morning prayer, of course, before outreach. But uh, for two years, nobody came to church on the week you know, during work days. And I understand the L.A. traffic, and it's it's an issue, you know. 
I mean, you could see your job, but it takes me 45 minutes to get there, you know. And so I, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. But for two years, I was in my place by myself in prayer meeting. Nobody came. And, and, I'm, and I'd just be sitting there, and I'm like, praise God. And some of the most dynamic, uh, some of the most incredible visitations of God I had there by myself. Judges 7.21, Gideon's men stood in their place, and the Midianites fled. So are you in your place? And, 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 and I'll, I'll add to this this evening too. Can you take a rebuke and still be in your place? This is, this is turning into a society of, of babies. I'm not making accusations here, okay? I'm just making a generalization. Is I'm, I'm amazed how many people today are easily offended. How many people? I mean, I'm talking, I mean, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Tennessee. Here's military. You know, I mean, I got, there's rangers coming to church. There's Green Berets coming to church. And I'm amazed how you could say something afterwards. You know, it's like, listen, uh, you're not going to act like that here. So I don't, I don't care about it. You're not going to act like that here. You're not going to behave like that here. You're not going to shoot your mouth off to people like that here. This is the house of God. You know, I don't appreciate that. Well, as the French say, c'est la vie. It's like, don't know what to tell you. You know, that's, well, well I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to church somewhere else. That's fine. And as they go, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, the defense of the free world is riding on this guy? I'm offended. You, you know, and it's it, any more. Listen, can you still be in your place if pastor has to correct you? That, that maybe minutes after he's corrected you, and I'm not saying he's going to, you know, but you never know. Can you take a rebuke? Can you take correction? Can you take guidance from somebody and say, listen, listen, you, I don't want you doing it this way anymore. Well, I've always done it that way. I know that this is how I want you to do it. Can you do it and say, praise God, Pastor, I'm in my place. Accomplishing the will of God also has to do with the direction you're aiming at. There's an old quote that says, those who aim at nothing always hit the target. What is your aim in life? What are you aiming? In other words, what are you giving your life to? What are you dedicating your life to? We've become a society that is so easily distracted by social media. I mean, nothing drives me nuts more than going to a restaurant and four people sitting at the table and they're all on their phone. I've, I mean, I've been to restaurants where a husband and wife, and I'm wanting to go up to them and, you know, and, and just say, you know, your wife is sitting right there. Put the phone down and talk to each other. And we're so easily distracted that even in the ministry now, they've coined a term, Hobby pastor, a hobby pastor that, that, yeah, this is something that, that, you know, they do, you know, and they get it out of the way so they can go do what they really want to do. 
I'm talking to one pastor, and uh, I, 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 I better not give away his hobby because Pastor Dragoon will probably recognize who I'm talking about. But there's a, a pastor. I'm preaching for him, and we're talking about the church, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, the people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about that couple tonight? They, they came back again tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, so, and, then, uh, uh, and then I made the mistake of saying, so how's the hobby coming along? And I, I mentioned what he's involved in. And his eyes lit up. And he became animated and excited. And I mean, I'm talking, he's like, oh my gosh. And he could barely stay in his seat talking about his hobby. And I'm thinking, wow, I wish he was that excited about the congregation. Relax, I'm not making any insinuations, okay? But, but the point I'm that, that this can happen, that even on the pastoral, and what's, what I'm talking about is that it's possible for people to come to church. You might even be here in church, but the reality is you're here because this is what you know you're supposed to do. But you don't want to do it. You'd rather be doing something else. And the reality is, is that if you don't aim at something, you're, you're going to miss the mark. You're going to miss the target. Let me give you a personal example of what I'm talking about. I was a new convert. And my pastor and I and another man, we went to go support uh, a revival that was across uh, uh, the Phoenix Valley. Actually, it was quite a drive out there. And... Uh, but this was our pastor's, uh, my first pastor. This was his personal friend, actually his best friend, who now is pastoring in Avondale, which is way out there. So we're going to support this, this, this revival. So we get there, and during the, this service, the evangelist calls me out. And he, and, and he gives me this word, and I'm like, I'd never gotten a word before. I don't know, that's kind of cool. You know, he's going this and this, and I'm like, yeah, that's true. You know, and, and this and this. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. You know, and then he lays hands on me. I go down. I mean, I've never, I'd heard about people getting slain in the spirit, but it never happened to me until that night. But as I'm going down, before I hit the floor, I knew I was called to preach. And from that moment on, that calling dictated everything about me. It determined books I read. I'm not going to waste my time on, on, on stupid, ignorant books. I'm, I'm going to read books. I'm going to fill the reservoir. I want to learn about the kingdom and and, 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 you know, kingdom truths and principles. It dictated my downtime and, you know, and what my hobbies. Like, no, 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 that's too, that's too distracting. Uh, it dictated the jobs that I accepted. Some jobs, uh, it, it was making more money. But I had to say, well, listen, I appreciate the job offer. But, you know, the reality is, is the, the hours, man, that's going to pull me out of my church. And how many times did I hear, your church? Your church, there's more things that are more important than church. Mm, nah. 
Now I've got news for you. Sorry. You know, and, and I turned down many jobs through the years because I thought, no, this is going to take me out of circulation. This is going to take me out of church. To me, church is everything. Why? Because God is everything. And as I gave my life to that, as I directed my life, it gave my life aim. Isn't it interesting how girls, you know, that here's girls. Any girls here? Okay. And, and, and it's in, isn't it interesting that if you go to, to church, that here many times uh, uh, are young boys, young men, and they say, uh, you know, I want to preach. I want to preach. One of my grandsons, my 10-year-old, he says, Grandpa, I want to preach like, like you. I want to be a pastor like you. And, and we'll see. But, you know, but what do little girls want to do? As they start getting older, and even teenagers and stuff, what do they want to do? They say, I want to be a pastor's wife. I want to be a pastor's mom. And amazed how many do become pastor's wives. Because they go, I want to be a pastor's wife. And so when there's somebody comes up to her and he goes, hey, you, uh, would you like to start dating? You know, and she's, you know, and next thing you know, she's going, and what is it that you're wanting to do with your life? Oh, I want to be a professional surfer. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, later for you, loser. It's like, well, what, do you, what do you feel uh, God has for you? Oh, man, I just worked my job and uh, yeah, turned some wrenches, uh, uh, you know, and so what do they do? They, they, it's almost like an interview kind of a thing, you know, where, you know, guys are going up there, can I start calling you now, you know, can I have your phone number, and it's like, uh, it depends, what's, what's your purpose in life, what is your aim in life, I, I feel called to preach the gospel, give me your phone number. Because you're going to go in the direction you're aiming at. I need to close here. Okay. That here is this man, here's this archer standing there. This battle is going on at a venture. He's pulled that bow a thousand times, probably more. Doing the same thing he's always done year in and year out. Sits there, pulls on that bow, but he knows there's something going on over there. Let's, let's aim in that, that, that direction. And now God gets involved. The timing, the timing gets involved. When I was in the military, I was amazed at the technology of nanosecond triangulation calculation. I mean, we got the Patriot missile, missile system in Israel, we're in Israel one time, we're in Jerusalem, and as the tour guide's talking, the air raid sirens go off because Gaza had been firing rockets into, into Israel, and all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 the sirens start, and we're all standing there, even the guy kind of starts, you know, stands there, and we're all like, where do we go? We're out in the open. There is nothing. We're not near a building, and I was kind of, so we all just kind of, just kind of sat down on the stone stairs and just kind of waited for the big one, you know, just kind of like. And so I just thought, well, it can't hurt, man, you know. And, and, and uh, you know, and I figured, hey, you know, that way I could at least, when I got to heaven, I could honestly say I was in prayer. 
when I was ushered into eternity, you know, and of course, but, but I remember Israel has the Iron Dome, the Iron Dome, nanosecond triangulations abilities that there, and by the way, the Iron Dome is nothing more than Patriot missiles with the Israeli flag, okay, just, just so you know, they, okay, all right. They didn't have that back then. He pulls that, let's call it that outreach back. He pulls that prayer back. That offering back. And launches it at a gamble, at a venture. And God, in his infinite wisdom, choreographed, maybe with his finger, guided that arrow across the sky and made sure that Ahab was standing right there when it came down. That's what God can do. If you will simply do your part, God goes, oh, I'll get involved. I'll get involved. I'll work that miracle. He says, listen, listen, I'll guide that tithe offering across the sky. I'll guide that outreach across the air that you meet that one guy, that you're on outreach, you're at Walmart, and, and, and you're, it's, just, it's another, just another day. And God goes, witness to her. That's all it takes, church. Never take for granted your, 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 your routine of, of living for Jesus. Let's bow our heads this evening. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vbph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.